You are listening to the podcast of Calvary Church in Irwin, Pennsylvania. For more information, you can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com. Good morning, Calvary. What a privilege to be able to speak this morning. Can I first say thank you? Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for caring for me as I went through the hardest experience of my life. And this church has been amazing to me during this whole experience. And I hope at some point I get to share the whole story of how God took me through the darkest time of my life. And this morning I'm able to sit here and speak and have the privilege of sharing the word of God with you. This morning, I, I love to look at the scriptures at Christmas time and interject myself into the story. What was it like? What was it really like? Can we peel back all of the pretense of Christmas and all of the pieces that sometimes we, we give Christmas a, a cartoon-esque feel and it becomes less real to us? But when we really look at the story of Christmas, how amazing and incredible it is. When you look back in the book of Psalms in verse, chapter 72, verse 10, you don't really look at Psalms as a prophetic book. But it says in Psalm 72, May the kings of Tarshish and of distant shores bring tribute to him. May the kings of Sheba and Seba present him gifts. Well, that's, what an odd thing to say long before the Messiah came. So this morning, I, wanna, I want you to go on a journey with me. I want you to take a trip with me to a faraway land about 2,000 years ago. There's a little town in Bethlehem called, in a little town in Israel called Bethlehem Ephrata. There were actually two Bethlehems in Israel. But this specific one, Bethlehem Ephrata, was the one that we uh, are talking about today. And it was in this town that the story of Christmas really began as we know it. It was in this town that Jesus, the Messiah, was born. And it was here we see his birth first announced to the most unlikely of people. I, I thought I was going to be able to sit to preach, but I can't do it. When you see the very first announcement of Jesus' birth, you would think that the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords would be born in a palace, and yet he was not. You would think that his birth would have been announced to the highest of the high, to the kings, to the high echelon of society, but who did Jesus choose but shepherds? the lowest of the low in that society in that day. Shepherds stunk. They lived with the sheep. 
They smelled. They weren't really welcome in town. They were considered unclean for the job that they did. And who did the king of all kings be announced to but the lowest of the low? Oh, can somebody help me preach today? That Jesus came. Oh, dear God, he came to the lowest of the low. He came to those that didn't deserve He came to those who didn't earn. He came to the dregs of society in that day to tell them, hey, there's a Savior that's been born. So wherever you are in life and whatever path that you have find yourself on, there is nobody too low for Jesus. Oh, somebody help me preach today. There is nobody that's too low. You haven't messed up too much for Jesus to ignore you. And then... The second announcement is the one that befuddles me. Hundreds of miles from Bethlehem, in a land called Sheba, there were magi, sorcerers, people who studied the stars and noticed different movements of the stars in the heavens. And as they looked at the stars, something caught their attention. It, it, it was different. It was odd. It wasn't normal. And so they studied ancient manuscripts and they looked at the stars and something compelled them from hundreds of miles away. There's something about that star that's different and I need, we need to make this journey. Now there's no real indication it was just three wise men. That just falls nice into a story. It probably was not a whole entourage of people because the magi were of high society. The Magi worked directly with the king. They read the stars to tell the king what was going to happen, and something compelled them and says, we've got to follow this star, because this is different than anything we've ever seen. And so they got on uh, camel airways and started their journey. (laughs) And they trekked across difficult terrain to get to this town called Bethlehem. Now, Jesus was probably not a baby at the time. He was probably somewhere under two years old. And in walks these three kings, these three magi, these three sorcerers. And all of a sudden, here's this lowly little young woman who had just given birth a a year ago, and these people of high society that are coming into their home. And then they're presenting gifts, gifts fit for a king. How interesting that he spoke to the lowest of the low, and he spoke to the highest of the high, and yet he brought them all together. These kings, these secular kings, these were not rabbis. These were not people who belonged to the Jewish sect. They were completely ungodly if you want to put it that way and they presented gold for royalty frankincense for divinity and myrrh for Christ's humanity what unlikely unexpected gifts that they gave to this child I wonder what Mary and Joseph thought of those mysterious visitors. We look at it as, oh, hey, here come the three wise men trekking down and showing up at the stable. But Jesus was probably around a year old, year or two old, and, and here these 
people of high esteem are knocking on their door and you open, I, I mean, just for a second go with me. And you're at your house and you're watching something on Netflix and you're eating your chips and next thing you know, a knock on the door and it's the king of some foreign country. And you'd be standing there like, hi, um, I've got chips. <laughs> Imagine your surprise, shock, awe. Uh, 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 what do we do with this? Oh, you don't have to do anything. Here, we have gold, frankincense, and myrrh for you. Okay, that's kind of for royalty. Can you imagine the unexpectedness of that moment where these folks show up at the house of Jesus? So here we go. Mary and Joseph received an unexpected gift. Mary wasn't expecting to be pregnant and have to make a trip down to, to Bethlehem. What an unexpected gift of a child. They received an unexpected gift from unexpected visitors from a foreign land. But maybe the most unexpected gift had yet to be revealed. You see, Jesus didn't come just so we could have the, the nativity scene and the beautiful Christmas time and the giving and receiving of gifts. Jesus came for one purpose alone to provide salvation to any who believed on him. It says in Romans chapter 6, verse 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. In just a couple of minutes, I'm going to give you an opportunity if you have never met Christ or maybe you have walked away from Him, I'm going to give you an opportunity this Christmas to give a gift to Him of your life. You see, salvation is a gift. You don't have to earn it. It's not because of our performance or our status or who we are. He reached down to the shepherds, the most unlikely people of the day for him to reach out to, the very first announcement. He reached out to magi, sorcerers from another country. It's not about who you are, it's about who he is. The love of God has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with who He is. He doesn't love you because you fixed your nails just right today. He doesn't love you because you're five foot eight or taller. <laughs> he loves you because of who He is. If you have children today, there are times that your children will drive you out of your ever-living mind. And from the laughter, I can tell that some parents have been driven out of their ever-living mind. But there's not one thing that you would not do for your child. Some of you have sat in hospitals with your children holding their hand as they go through a difficult time. And you would do anything in the world to trade places with them. Why? Why? Not because they earned it, not because they deserve it, 
but because of your incredible, amazing love for your children. That's the kind of love God has for us. In fact, I'm going to talk about it in a couple of minutes here. The Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It says, listen, it is the gift of God. It is the gift of God. It is the unexpected gift from God, the undeserved gift from God, not by works so that nobody can boast. Grace is God giving you what you do not deserve. He gives far more than we could ever possibly earn. If we could earn a relationship with Christ, we could boast about it. We could write books. We could have a a thing up here, and I could tell you about my wonderful book, How I Earned Salvation. Good morning, everybody. I just wrote a book, How I Earned Salvation. If you do these three things, you can have it too. But that's not the way it is, is it? God looked down in time and eternity, and he saw you and me. He said, you know what? They may not merit it. They may not deserve it but I'm going to give my son so they can live with me forever. That's incredible. That's amazing. There's no measuring device, friend. There's no good-o-meter. Well, I think I've done enough good, or I've come to church enough times. You can't come to church enough times to earn salvation. I'm a preacher. I've been preaching for years, and there's not enough sermons I can preach to earn my way into heaven. It is the gift of God, not by anything we can do, otherwise we could brag about it. Oh, Phil, let me tell you about how I just earned my way into heaven. It's amazing. I'm so wonderful, and I'm humble at the same time. (laughs) He took that away. So we can't do enough. We can't figure it out enough. We can't manufacture enough. We can't be involved in ministries enough. We can't do anything. It is just an unexpected gift that he has given to us, this wonderful, glorious salvation. And frankly, after this summer, Jesus means more to me than he ever has before. Oh, how he speaks life when death is present. I'm going to give you an opportunity in a minute right after I can see my notes here. I'm going to give you an opportunity in a minute to meet this Jesus. Oh, no, I'm not going to get a man you show up in person. But he wants a relationship with you. If it's about church and about religion, man, that's empty. Just showing up to church or, you know, well, if I go through all the motions and I say all the right things and I do all the right things, well, then I'm right with God. Man, is that empty. You know what's fulfilling? Knowing that the King of kings and the Lord of lords, in his grand wisdom and timing, sent Jesus an unexpected gift to Mary and Joseph who received an unexpected gift from unexpected people 
so that he could give us the most unexpected gift ever, the gift of salvation. Look at what it says in Romans chapter 5 and verse 15. For if the many died by the trespasses of one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to many? Isn't that our vision here? To lead people to an overflowing life with Christ? Isn't that what we're about? To, to, to see people not get a hold of religion, but get a hold of something that grabs the core of their being when you realize that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords reached out of eternity into time because He loved you so much. For God so loved the world that He gave the most unexpected gift, that He gave His only Son, that whoever do I have any whoever's in here today? Do I have any whoever's online? Are you a whoever? That whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Wow. You couldn't earn it. You couldn't be good looking enough. You couldn't wear the right things. You couldn't come to church enough. It is the gift of God. Here's the catch. Because there's always a catch, isn't there? If this is the gift, I can hold it out all day long, but it's up to you to take it. The free gift is there. Salvation is available anytime. You can meet Jesus in your living room. My pastor's wife growing up, was in a nightclub, and she had been dancing and drinking that night, and she found herself in the corner of a nightclub, and just looking out, and all of a sudden, this huge, empty feeling. She didn't have any church background. She didn't know anything about God. And she went home that night, and she laid across her bed, and she said these words, there was no fancy sinner's prayer. There was no altar call. She laid across her bed, and she said these words, God... If you're real, change my life. And that night, Christ came into her life, and she has been the most amazing pastor's wife for years and years. In her bedroom, laying on her bed, she met Jesus. You can meet him here this morning. You could meet him later this afternoon. He has the gift He's just waiting for you to receive it. He's just waiting for you to reach out your hand and grab it. It's a misnomer. God never meets us halfway. Maybe you've heard that. God never meets you halfway. In Luke chapter 15, you'll find the story of the prodigal son. And when the father saw the son in the distance, read the story, Luke chapter 15. It says that father, we don't know how old he was, but he took off in a dead run to his son. He didn't meet him halfway. He didn't say, when he passes the mailbox at 3350, you know, whatever road, I'll, I'll meet him. He's got to be halfway to me. Oh, no. He had his binoculars out, 
and he saw his son in the distance and he threw down those binoculars and he took off running and he met his son as soon as he saw him. Jesus is waiting for you this morning. Jesus is waiting for you and all you have to do is take a step towards him and he is in a dead run to you. That's good preaching. Thank you. The most unexpected gift, friend, was not Jesus being born. It wasn't the gifts from the Magi. May I propose to you that the greatest gift, the most unexpected gift, was the gift of eternal life provided by Jesus coming to us so many years ago. His name shall be called Emmanuel. God with us. Can I tell you, friend, that there is no one who will stick that close to you. I woke up on May 14th of this year not having a clue what had happened to me. No idea why I was in the hospital. No idea why my hands were tied down and I had a tube down my throat to help me breathe. No idea what had happened. But there is one thing that I was absolutely sure about. That as I looked around confused and befuddled of what had occurred, trying to figure out why I was laying in this hospital bed. I was in a different hospital than I had started at. I was in a lot worse shape than I realized. But there was something that I was keenly aware of more than I ever have been in my life, that there was a peace that passed all understanding that Christ was in that room with me. And when I couldn't pray, and when I didn't have words to say, when I didn't have answers to what had happened to me, and while I still don't understand why I'm not back to 100% of what I was, there's a blessed assurance that regardless of where I have walked, that God has walked with me. And I share that for this reason this morning. I don't know the path that you're on. I don't know what you've experienced. I don't know the things that have happened to you in life. Whether you're sitting here this morning or you're watching online, I don't know where you are, but I do know that there's an incredible gift, the gift of salvation, that God will walk with you if you just give your life to him today, he will walk with you through the darkest valleys that you will ever experience. He will hold your hand when everybody else walks away. Can I tell you I serve a God that loves you so much that you cannot even describe it with words how much he loves you. That's why he sent Jesus. That's why Jesus came. I love Christmas. I love the 
the giving of gifts. I love the decorations and all that. But Jesus came for one reason and one reason alone, to seek and to save that which was lost. And thank God he reached out and saved me. And if you don't know him today... Would you care to meet him? Excuse me if I get a little emotional. Because Jesus means everything to me. It's not about joining this church. It's not about all the things that you can do. It is just Jesus walking up to you right where you are and saying, guess what? I love you. And I have this unexpected gift for you today. Will you receive it? Will you receive it? Salvation is not a goal to be achieved, but a gift to be received. Salvation is not a goal to be achieved, but it is a gift to be received will you let him transform your life today will you let him give you give you the most unexpected gift will you let him just touch your life you don't have to clean up to come to Christ you don't have to get stuff straightened out in your life to come to Christ just as I am with all my mistakes with all my screw ups with all of who I am, I just come to you. And he receives you just like you are. And he loves you enough not to leave you the way you are. Amen? This morning, I'm not going to give a call for you to raise your hand. But what I am going to do is there's people out at our Welcome Center that would love to talk to you. I'd be happy to hang out up front here and talk to you if you want. But this morning, Jesus wants to meet you where you are. And I'm going to pray this morning, and you can pray in your seats. It's beautiful that you don't have to come up with words, the right words. You just pray what you got. Like my pastor's wife on her bed, Jesus, if you're real, change my life. It's that simple. Would you pray together with me this morning? Heavenly Father, thank you for your love for us. Thank you for the most unexpected gift, the gift of eternal life. And Lord, there's people here this morning, maybe they don't, there's some that don't know you. Maybe there's some who have walked away from you. This morning we receive that gift, the gift of eternal life. And we ask you, Heavenly Father, to come into lives today whether in this building or online, help people to find you and receive that gift. And Lord, change their lives for your glory and honor in Jesus' name. This is Pastor Nick Poole, the lead pastor at Calvary. We're so glad you joined us for today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the message. 
At Calvary Church, we're passionate about leading people into an overflowing life with Jesus. We would love the opportunity to connect with you on your faith journey and hear what God is doing in your life or join you in prayer for any needs you might have. You can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com or send us an email at info at calvaryirwin.com. On our website, you'll find previous week's messages, a list of upcoming events, as well as resources designed to help you take those next steps on your journey of faith. See you next week, and may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. 